I'm your host, Tyler Byrne, and on today's special series of clips, these aren't really episodes, these are like miniature nuggets of literature. This comes from a recording of a reading that I held some time ago. I mean, it's more, most likely you're going to be listening to this sometime in the future. So does it matter when I recorded it? Maybe I recorded it yesterday. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was the month before that. Maybe it was 25 years ago. Who knows? The first reader. By the way, the reading went excellent. Obviously, this is Low Violet. I'm Tyler Byrne. I've already said that. This is a podcast about literature where I interview writers, where I host readings as well. And this is the first time that I recorded the reading. Um, and then you can go and you can listen to who you want to listen to. So then you get, at least you get someone new, guys. That was the point. So you, I bring in people that you may not know, but they give a hell of a reading. And that's my point, maybe. Go to a reading where you don't fucking know anyone. And at least one person may reach out to you. And I know that sounds really boring and not interesting. But the it's just really cool for me to experience a new writer that I don't know. And I have to like be like, holy shit, like, is this good? I don't have any friends telling me whether this is good or not. I don't have any influences. I have to decide for myself. I have to make my own decisions. And that's the best part. There's something great about not knowing shit, about not knowing anyone or anything, and you dictate to yourself whether something is good or not. And how great is it to find out that everyone hates something, but you like it? And then you have to come, you have to go inside yourself, and you say, self, am I going to fight for this? How much do I like this? How much have I thought about this piece of material that everyone hates? Does it mean anything to me? Did it inspire me? Do I just let it go? Do I jump on the bandwagon and hate on it too? Well, guess what? I brought six people who everyone hates so that you will decide for yourself. These are six of the most disgusting, repugnant, despicable, detested people all over the internet. They've all been exiled. They've all been expunged. They've been thrown away in jail. Literary internet jail. I'm not joking. I'm very serious. And this first reader is Phil Estes. He is a poet. From Dayton, Ohio. I believe he has written a book of poetry called High Life. It came out. Um, it is published by Horse Less Press. Does it does it matter when it came out? What if I said it came out? It came out this year. Maybe if I I should have said I shouldn't even said it doesn't matter when it come came out. Because now you're thinking it came out a long time ago. But you know what? Poems, guys, are timeless. Does it matter? No. 
So I'm going to, we're going to go to the reading. And then we'll go to Andy Tran, who reads uh, uh, an absurdist, surreal uh, story that I I really love and I didn't get enough opinions about. I don't know. I don't know how everyone else felt about it at the reading, if they liked it or not. I hope everyone hated it and I liked it and I'm the only one who likes it. I think you should send that fucking thing to the This is a, this is an excellent story, you guys. And you have to decide for yourself. I want to I want to read this story. I wish I could read it aloud. Cuz I read differently. So I'm going to come back. We're going to we're going to go to Phil. And it's going to open up on Phil explaining one of his Twitter accounts and a project that he's working on, which infuses an old Tecmo Bowl video game from the 80s. And he's been creating um, a literary sort of project. It's very artsy. It's very high, very high in the arts. It's like a French, based off of French philosophy Probably from the 1700s. He he hasn't he hasn't told me that, but I I I assume so, because isn't everything based off some philosophy from France in the 17 or 1800s? Maybe, maybe not, but I believe that's how Tecmobile originated from uh, French philosophers sitting around and they actually uh, predicted um, this game would come out hundreds of years before it did. Tecmo is a, a French word for um, brief. Uh, brief boys. Brief boys in the torch. Let's go. I like to tell all of you guys that we're going <laughs> to something and then I just ramble on for like 15 minutes. It's lo-fi lit. This is what the podcast is. It's a a rambling discussion. If you say, Tyler, you've never done that. It's probably because I edited, I edited the episode down. I leave the rambly parts out. I should leave the rambly parts in. High Life came out in like 2016. And at that point in time, I had dropped out and I was working night crew, which I believe I've talked about. And I was still, Phil was, here's the thing. When I was at OSU, Phil was uh, a PhD student. He ran a series. Man, this was 2011, 2012, 2013. But it was a thing. Phil Estes held readings called Mumpkinitis. And you got to understand that, like, readings are kind of, like, not very popular at college. They're kind of, like, no one goes. Except for people in the, like, the literary departments. So Phil, he was holding them at, like, a house. Like a farmhouse. With, like, this big land. It wasn't a farmhouse. It was kind of a hip. 
little it was like a it was like a hip little house that gave the idea that it was a farmhouse. It was like a hipster farmhouse. And it wasn't Phil's, but it was like someone else's. And the thing is, these readings got very popular. And at one point, the house was like filled up with people from other departments at the college that were quote unquote hip as well, who knew nothing about literature. But they were coming because the poems that were being read there were like poets like Matt, Matthias Sylvania and very irreverent, very good poets that you've never on the like independent scene that have buzz about them that were like from like HTML giant, like those kinds of places that were just getting on Twitter and other people from other departments, like other like grad PhD students were coming in, standing all the way and like not even the back of the room, but like the back of like three little rooms in this house. It was packed packed of these people to come hear these readings it was a big hit and then as soon as Phil left they stopped happening and I would ask like, what's happening with bumpkinitis and everyone was like not everyone but a couple people were like well that's Phil's thing and that was very disappointing and frustrating because they were so fucking cool. And I remember at the time thinking like, okay, why can't we bring Phil in and like, why can't Phil give someone like uh, a piece of paper that tells you exactly how to replicate this so we can keep doing it? And they still have not started those back up. And I have a little bit, I have this weird nugget in the back of my head that's like, we could just bring Because here's the thing also, that wasn't those weren't the only readings. You also had the the head of the department, Lisa Lewis, she held readings. She brought in her, the people that she knew, she did readings, and then they had like the Creative Writers Association and they brought in and paid people and they also did their readings. And it was kind of cool because they were all sort of like little rivalries competing against one another. And if you weren't part of these cliques, they weren't like clicks, but maybe they were. If you weren't a part of them, you could go to all these readings and have different experiences. Because all we, we all enjoy writing and reading like good stories. And you never know where a good reading is going to come from. And you don't know how it's going to impact you or how you're going to feel about it like creatively. He's a very, yeah, you just got to listen to his stuff. Let's go, let's go to the Philistus. All right. So first off, he's going to talk about Tech Mobile and, you know, the French philosophy. I mean, he's not going to talk about the French philosophy of Tecmo that I explained to you earlier. I mean, he's probably not even aware that it is a, a philosophy of French, but now he knows. Thanks for hanging out. I'll be back in a sec. Lo-fi lit, guys. Get low. Bye. Rise from your grave.
line lines or weird stuff from old video games for my palms. And then like during a uh, pandemic in the lockdown, um, I I grew up playing. Um, I'm 42, so I grew up playing uh, Tecmo Super Bowl. Old Nintendo football game, and there's this whole massive. Uh, during lockdown, I found this whole massive community of like, uh, pe- people who hack it, like edit, and they, it went so far as they made like editing tools. And then I started going like because I'd be hanging out with my now, so my son's five now. He was two. I'd hang out with him all day, and then really late at night would play a bunch of Tecmo Super Bowl and then started reading all this like um all these what ifs of I don't know. I, I would I would ha- I hack them. So now I do uh I so for a while I was doing this weird project where I'd edit them and upload the ROMs but I'd write I was just thinking about forms of writing that I grew up with in terms of literacy literacy, I guess. Uh I would started writing these like histories like made up histories of those seasons and put them in like the readme files so when someone downloads them they'd get this big long thing right. and uh i've been doing them now i think they what's we i think they're becoming more i think they're coming a little too obtuse because i really got into like this uh i started really hacking and like learned how to play with like graphics through graphic tiles like the graphic tiles on a nintendo yeah, I'm I'm Phil uh, Estes. Um, I uh, I wrote up like a collection a few years ago, so I thought I'd just read a couple of them. I had these. Speaking of video games, I guess I got a couple uh, prose prose poems. Um, it's the book. I don't know. The uh, book's called High Life. Um, so I thought I'd just read like a couple. All right. Um, I haven't, yeah. Uh, maybe it'll give me back there, I guess. Uh, this one's called The Priest's Adventure. The priest is back from last rites. He smells more like incense than whiskey for once. He tells a joke. Two subalterns walk into a bar. The bartender says PBR. That's what they get because they cannot speak. For once, the priest doesn't say waka waka. When they cut him open, his belly held a trinity. Sorry, this one's called altar. Of course, the old man says, rise from your grave and save my daughter. We're all here, old man. Always have been. No, 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 you haven't. Smokers don't say sig. This is smoke in my mouth, and I do the half turn. I'll see what I can do. No one gets it. The old man sort of. Cool, cool. He wears a leather jacket like he was born in it. Watch the ashes, man. Um... And this one's called Tastemaker. Maybe I'll wrap up. Uh, The sommelier sits at home. He will turn the dog on her back and rub her belly. The dog smiles. Was that all teeth? 
The small the sommelier wishes to be a shrine next time, but he will always be an embassy. The sommelier walks the dog to the gas station for a one liter of Diet Pepsi. The finest are in the back where it's cold. He tells the dog, honey, it's all aesthetic. But she knows, duh. The sommelier wishes the gas station was further so that he could drive. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. It was awesome. Does anyone have any comments or questions about those poems? Loved them. They were great. I enjoyed them very much. <clears throat> How can we get your book? Um, you can get it through uh, SPD, uh, 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 small press. I think they still have copies. Uh, yeah. Probably the easiest. Cool. All right. Andy, you're up next. Hi. Um, this is my piece. It's called uh, The Fruit Fly is in a Sentimental Mood. After Morgan dipped out, the fruit fly moved into my apartment in Columbia Heights to live with me. The day it hung out in the living room and crashed on the sofa in the early afternoon while I was doing office work on my laptop typing sentences into a word doc and the fruit fly snored, whistled a bebop jazz tune in its sleep. Whereas I was working on a personal writing project, the first draft, something I've never shown anyone, not even Morgan. A few times my phone rang, but I was too busy to pick it up. I forgot about it after a while, focusing on, on my work. I obsessed over my work, labored over it, kept it close to me. When the fruit fly woke up, it flew around in my kitchen and nibbled on the bruised Bartlett pears from my glass bowl. I smoked the joint on the balcony and watched it suck the juices out the fruit. It looked at me and grinned, blowing me a kiss. I stared at my feet. They were covered in ash. I went inside, closed the sliding glass door, and looked up. The fruit fly was hovering on top of the room near the wooden ceiling fan, where panels rotated back and forth like a disc in a CD changer. I wish it would get sliced up by the fan, turning to bits and pieces, as movements were weaving in and out of the wooden panels that spun around in slow circles, and it landed on the formica countertop and laid on its stomach, blowing snot bubbles. I went into the bathroom and sat on the toilet with my sweatpants around my ankles. I was constipated, which made me think maybe this is why Morgan left me. Maybe I had problems that can be dissolved solve of designer drugs or meaningless sex or junk food i'd have all the answers all i had was that fruit fly i washed my hands with hot water got on my knees stuck my finger down my throat to peek out my guts when i stepped back into the living room the fruit fry was still making love to the plum with passion it was thrusting back and forth moaning i opened the front door and told it to get out it kept licking the plum sucking on its fruit grabbing its peel I cleared my throat and opened the door wider. Get out, I said again. It looked at me with its Coke bottle eyes and sneered. It spat on his carpet and flipped me off. It called me a prude. It mooned me. I went into the storage closet and grabbed the fly swatter. Then I ran back into the living room, swinging at the fruit fly. I smacked it, and it launched against the window, sliding down the glass until it hit the ground. I walked over to it, looking down at it. The fruit fly looked up at me, winking, as a roll left on the carpet and dropped between the slits in the air vent. I got on the ground, reached over with my hand, 
and watched it fall down the dark hole. I stood up and walked over to the couch and sat down. My phone started ringing on the coffee table. I was letting go. I curled up against the cushions and stared out the window, looking at the fragmented construction site. The raindrops were spilling on the concrete. A black cat was purring at the pile of broken planks and steel beams. It looked in my direction, or at least I thought it did. I fell asleep and dreamt. I dreamt I was laying on the ground getting hit in the place by plums, big and small, ripe and rotten, plums like hail dropping on me, all of them hitting me over and over like in teabag repeatedly in the face. One plum hit me in the eye, another smacked against my chin. Before a third one hit me, I blacked out. I woke up on the couch. I was drenched with sweat, my breath shallow. I went to my bedroom, bedroom did two lines of K off of my phone, and then I smoked the bowl and coughed out my lungs. When I was feeling high, I sat back into the living room and giggled. I giggled, giggled, and giggled some more. I like feeling this way, but I sighed. I knew it was a problem I didn't know how to approach and fix. The fruit fly was flipping pancakes in the kitchen, whistling a familiar jazz tune, some Burger Coltrane song. The apartment smelled like chocolate chips and bananas. I pulled up a chair and sat the long marble island. I was exhausted. I stared at my hands and breathed in deeply. I'm sorry I hit you, I said. I really was sorry. I shouldn't have done that. But you shouldn't be fucking a plum in the common area. Do you know what I mean? Can you understand me? The fruit fly poured orange juice into two glasses and gave me one. And then I leaned back onto the against the countertop. It drank the like the teeth. I get it. I'm sorry. That won't happen again. I promise it said. I couldn't believe I was talking to the fruit fly. I didn't think it could actually fully comprehend what I was saying. Maybe I was just still high. And I imagined this conversation with it. Why did it matter that much? Appreciate it, I said, shaking hands with it. We were good for now, for a moment at least. We sat at the kitchen table, ate the pancakes on paper plates, and drank the OJ. It was a good cook, knew its way around the kitchen for sure. It asked me my name. I told it my name was Andrew. Asked it what its name was, and it didn't have. And it told me it didn't have one, nor did it want one even though I had considered giving it a name, but now I felt that was strange, like naming a pet or something, which it was not. I told it I'd been calling it It, like the novel It by Stephen King. My joke made it laugh, but then afterwards looked down and frowned. And when I realized my mistake, I said, sorry. It told me it didn't really care. We finished eating the pancakes and hung out on the balcony where the, where the wind was blowing and we vibed to the sound of the traffic jam on the street below my apartment. We talked about philosophy, auto fiction, social media, our romantic partners, lack thereof. It liked Emerson and Freud. It despite Twitter and IG. It was a sex addict who got dumped by Red Plum a year ago. And maybe it was the gap in my front tooth or the small mole in my left cheek. My lack of color coordination for my outfits. Because I like Brussels sprouts seemed instead of fried. Maybe it was because I didn't talk very much. That's a lot, dude, the fruit fly said. You're going through a lot, aren't you? I cracked my knuckles. Thanks, man. Questions for me, it asked. Where are you from? Chicago. I'm a White Sox fan. I like jazz and the sax. You like jizz and the sax? No, I like jazz and the saxophone. That all? I thought about baseball and jazz for a few minutes. And then I said, you need to help out with rent. I rubbed my fingertips together in a money gesture, hoping it would understand body language. How, it asked. Money? Haven't you ever paid rent? I was acting ridiculous, but the situation felt ridiculous. So I added accordingly. It shook its head. I'm a fruit fly. What's money? We just had an hour-long conversation about Twitter. You like j- baseball, jazz, and from Chicago, but you don't know what money is? 
humor me and said, after explaining the concept of money to the fruit fly, I wrote a joint with some papers and mediocre weed. He laughed and told me I knew what money was and said it like to fuck with people's heads with pranks. I was a bit irritated, but didn't care that much. He slapped me on the back and smiled. I rolled my eyes and coughed out smoke, passing the fruit to the joint, joint to the fruit fly, watching as it did a big hit and make a smoke cloud. And then we leaned back on the couch. Yeah. All right. That's all. Sorry. Thank you for that. Do you want to have any comments or anything they'd like to say? Yeah. <clears throat> Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, <clears throat> I loved it. I, I, I just recently <clears throat> published an Ephraim's poem called O2 Eno Peeing in Duchamp's urinal. And it was about confronting a dead fly in a urinal. So this resonated especially for me. But I'd love to see this. You do a performance of this. And in the background, music playing from Rimsy Kostakos, the Sugar Plum Fairy. I think that would be that would be such a nice thread through this entire because you bookend it with the, you bookend it right with the plums. It's like sort of bookend it. So I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. 